You're listening to the Old Guys Talk Metal and Sometimes Punk podcast. 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 All right. Podcast. You're listening to the Old Guys Talk Metal and Sometimes Punk podcast, and today we have a very special guest, Jimmy Olsen, from Traverse City, Michigan. Very nice. Nice. What's up? How about that intro? So people know all about us. They're, they're sick of hearing from us. So tell the world about Jimmy Olsen. By a little bit well, about your career. Well, I... My name is just like Superman's pal's name. Yeah, <laughs> that's in the true. Old comic book, so I cannot get a domain name, or else I probably have to pay uh, DC Comics or whatever a lot of money. Yeah, um, but, but it has made for an interesting life because every grocery store or whatever across America, my whole life, they're like, "Oh, Jimmy Olsen, how's Superman doing?" Yeah, oh, you're like, that's, wah, wah, that's, wah, wah. never a dull moment there. <laughs> So that, that, I I always knew you as Jimmy fucking Olsen. I didn't care about. Actually, no, and that's cool that you said that because it's really random that you hit me up today because I was thinking about you a couple days ago and I showed my friend. I I went back in our message strain and the picture, the gif of me rocking out with the keyboard in my hand is uh, still still on my phone, jumping up and down, and I was like, "That is right, Jimmy Jimmy fucking Olsen." <laughs> so just know the claim to fame or the reason why I knew you was because you were playing with Mark Farner of Grand Funk Railroad fame when you came to Phoenix. Uh, I think it was Grand Funk, and the next day was Queensryche, and we did that show out there at that biker bar in Mesa. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, that like was a Harley-Davidson dealership or something. I don't know, you know, what other pathway would have led me to meet, meeting you. You know, that was a cool thing, you know, because, uh, yeah... I mean, I was I was in Marquette and like it was negative ten degrees out, and I got uh, in the UP in the Upper Peninsula, and I got on the plane and I got off in Phoenix, and that was like the first time I had left something cold, that cold, and gone inside, and then walked out something that hot, and then during it was a hot day too, man. It was like a hundred degrees that day. Yeah, during soundcheck, you guys came over because I I had just got that box Continental sixty one keyboard, mm-hmm. and you had noticed like you're like oh no 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 way what is that thing you know the keyboard and that's we started talking and immediately you know i could tell you were into synthesizers and all kinds of cool stuff you know immediately you're talking the same language so i'm glad that that happened <laughs> did he start talking to you about john lord like he always does i'm sure i did i had to yeah, mention john lord sure. <laughs> <laughs> i hear about john lord all day long not a day that goes by i don't mention john no lord. Been, first thing in the morning hey john lord dude it's like six in the morning what are you doing dude come on highway star <laughs> highway star yeah come on man dude that dude doesn't even need to blow out a leslie he'll just plug a freaking organ into a guitar amp yeah that's, that's his claim to fame plug it right into two right. marshall stacks so how did he'll you just... end up with that gig at uh with grand funk how'd you get that gig? all right so I, I lived in Nashville a couple of years ago. Cool. Uh, Kenny yeah. Olsen was living down there. And I knew that uh, he had a Sunday jam um, at, at Soulshine, uh, former, I, it might be former Soulshine Pizza uh, Company. And it was really dope because they had, a, um, they had a, a patio upstairs that was half open to the outside. And so, uh, Kenny would host this open jam every Sunday and all kinds of musicians from just uh, up and coming musicians to downtown players to, uh, you know, to legends would, would peep, would pop through there. You well, never it's Nashville, know right. It's Nashville. So anyways, he was telling me about that. And, um, I was very, very, uh, 
interested in moving down there. So I did. And while I was down there, um, his good, uh, I played rhythm guitar in a, uh, it was kind of like a country, it's like country-esque rap rock, um, with Alex King. Uh, and he, he's, uh, I, I, I want to get this right. Um, but he, he, uh, <laughs> oh my God, he's on TV basically on the big, big small show. Is that right? Yeah. Did I get that right. And, um, and he, uh, so Kenny was playing in his band and they needed a rhythm, but Peter Keys, uh, from Leonard Skinner, the keyboardist Leonard Skinner, he was a keyboard player for Alex. And so, you know, I'm mainly a keyboard player, but they needed a back, they need somebody to play rhythm guitar. So I started playing rhythm at rehearsals and did a couple of shows with them, uh, down in Southern Georgia and around a little bit around the South, the kind of the mid South or whatever. Um, anyways. So Peter, uh, Peter Keys, who's an awesome dude, a phenomenal keyboard player, uh, songwriter, vocal, vocalist, uh, he, him and I, you know, we hit it off and, uh, became friends with him and, uh, he invited me over to his, uh, keyboard, like wizard lab. He has like a dope keyboard studio, with, you know, you name it, he's got that keyboard. And so... We worked together on some MIDI, some MIDI routing stuff, you know, from the technical side of like routing audio and MIDI and stuff like that. And anyways, I tend to like branch off on a ton of different stories when I tell one story, but to keep to the point, um, I think that Mark Farner reached out to Peter Keys and, uh, I got a call when I was up in Marquette, um, living up there during the winter. And I got a call from Peter and I'm like, Peter, what's up, man? And, uh, he texted me and he said, you know, I got, I got, uh, an opportunity, you know, I want you to, uh, or I wanted to just see if you're interested in this. And he told me, he's like, you know, what do you think about Grand Funk Railroad? And I grew up listening to, uh, some Grand Funk Railroad on my buddy's parents' vinyls, uh, when I was like probably four, 13, 14. And anyway, so I was familiar with Grand Funk. I always thought they were kick-ass. And anyways, I was like, hell yeah. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to call him. He's like, I'm going to call him. I'm going to call you right back. And Or I'm going to give him his phone number, your, your phone number right now, and he's going to call you right back. And I was just like, it all happened like that. I was like, oh, shit. I'm about to get a call from Mark Farner. Wow. And so he called me, and he he said, you know, Peter basically says, you know, I'm going off of Peter's word, you know, that you're, that, you know, you're basically a, a you know, good player and all that stuff. And, you know, he's like, I trust Peter's word. And he's like, basically we're, this is what we're going to do, blah, 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 blah. They're going to go and play shows on the weekends. And he was living in Northern Michigan at the time, which was right on the way home for me from Marquette when I go back to Travis. Um, he was living uh, outside of Petoskey at the time. And, so he's like, yeah, so rehearsals are going to be, uh, at our, at our, at my house in Batoski. And I think he's like, how does a week or two weeks from, you know, today or whatever sound. And basically, um, I was just like, I hung up, you know, we talked and, and, uh, left and, and I, he's basically like, see you in two weeks. And I think we, you know, he started sending me, you know, some of the songs that he wanted me to be. Uh, basically, uh, proficient. Yeah, proficient in you know, so, so I could have my shit together before I show up to rehearsal. 
so I, you know, obviously I was extremely excited. I think I was at a, a band rehearsal with my other band when I got that call outside. I walked back in and I was just like, you guys will not believe what just fucking happened. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, what? They're like, there's a lot of grand funk fans up in the UP, you know, people who live out in the woods or whatever. Like, UPers are really big classic rock and metal fans. Yeah. Like, there is still a big vein up there for that. And so, you know, they're all like, my friends are just like, dude, that's fucking awesome. And anyway, so um, I went to the first rehearsal and everything was really awesome. He had uh, his one of his, you know, original Leslie's that he'd play through, uh, you know, his main Leslie that he's had, I think. And he let me hook my keyboards through it. And I literally could put any kind of organ sound through that thing. And it instantly sounded amazing. I remember and uh yeah man it was it was uh that's how i got hooked up though peter keys man he's an awesome dude and i actually i now that you mentioned that i want to i should give him a call and see how he's doing you know especially yeah. during the last year or so yeah with live the whole live show thing being weird yeah the you whole know? live show thing's been weird i've seen you done some streaming though i've seen you doing some shows on your own with like you and a drummer or you and a drum machine or something Playing, yeah. playing funk and rock all night. Yeah. So basically for that live stream, I mean, yeah, I could talk about, I could keep talking about the Mark Farner thing. I could talk about the live stream all you want. Um, that live stream stuff, I basically had just broken up with uh, my partner uh, and had this apartment to myself. And it was right before quarantine hit and then quarantine hit. And so I just had this place to myself and no gigs, right? But I've got, I can make, I have the ability to make as much noise as I want after 5 p.m. until, you know, 6 in the morning if I want to with where I live. Wow. Which is really lucky because I've had to live close to people for a long time and it's always hard to, like, be loud. Yeah. So, and I didn't have any, you know, I didn't, I wasn't living with anybody anymore. So I was like, well, what can I do? And I'm like, well, there's Facebook Live. And I know that my, most of my fans are my, just my friends on Facebook, you know? And how can I get to my friends who I know, like, you know, would enjoy hear me do something. Um, it made sense because I don't have a YouTube channel, you know, and I don't have like, I don't have like a big like internet presence really besides Facebook. And so I was like, well, I can do this. And how am I going to get good audio into Facebook? And I had this, this iPhone, like roadcaster, like little dongle interface but it gave me high quality audio stereo right in my phone and i figured out that i could take the audio out of my keyboard mixing amp and plug all my toys into the keyboard mixing amp use the speaker as my monitor and then the the extra outs went right into the interface into my cell phone right yeah so i had my so i was able to wire like clean 48k audio right into my cell phone and then use a video switcher app with my other ios devices so yeah, we're doing I a similar thing like, here with the little road podcaster yeah and i just like i kind of just like had fun with it you know i was like well i'm gonna put myself onto this you know and and, and hold myself to doing this every morning and it kind of like gave me a, a routine you know because i was kind of i was gigging almost every night of the week up until that the shutdown and so it was kind of like gave me that musical routine it it was a good excuse to practice every day. And, you know, basically, yeah, I was able to do like different iPhone angles with some old iOS devices I had, but long story short, you see that drum machine. So that's the Akai 
uh, MPC Live. Right. And that, when I lived in Marquette around the same time I got the Farner gig, Mark Farner's gig, um, I, I had got that MPC and I kind of wanted to get away from my computer. So I started, I had my, this little like shack that I lived in, like this little, like, you know, almost like this little cabin surrounded by, they were like mini houses. It was like a little mini house village, kind of funny. And I had my own little, this little house, very, very small, like one bedroom basically. But I basically turned my bedroom, which was also my living room and kitchen into like one, like one corner was a tiny little single bed. And the, uh, in the other corner of the room was my, my, my kind of my little studio setup. So it was all in the same room, but that's when I cut my teeth on the MPC and I sampled myself like I was a record. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. So, I like, do. so instead of just record linear, linear, linearly in a, in a DAW, it was more like put a beat on or just come up with a raw organic thing and then, and then sample myself. So it was like I was being my own hip hop, like nineties, eighties, nineties hip hop sampling, but so sampling my own stuff. Hmm. So that's when I really like started to expand on finger drumming. Cause I've always done like finger drumming on keyboards, key, you know, keyboards. Sure. But I, I, when the machine, the native instruments machine came out, I was like really, really, I always wanted, I saw these really good pad players and I always wanted to do that. So <laughs> the fact that that thing was battery, it's battery powered, it's standalone and you can slap your own hard drive in it. So anyway, so yeah, so that was a great companion on my live stream. I basically set up my, my, uh, prop, my sequential profit six and had my acoustic piano there with just a mic dangling. And who doesn't love a profit six? I mean, come on people. I'm so glad all my friends and musicians, my, all my musician buddies say, I'm so glad you got that keyboard. It's like, one of the best keyboards of, ever made. They're like, don't get rid of this one. <laughs> <laughs> and dude, that thing, I can play with the loudest rock band or metal band or whatever. Funk, it doesn't matter. But no matter how loud the guitars or any the drums are, for whatever reason, that keyboard cuts. Like, it's got a stereo analog distortion knob. And if you turn that freaking thing on, dude, it just like will cut through anything. <laughs> and it, it's literally 25, like, I don't know what they did to the internals, but it's 25% louder at max volume, like compared to any other keyboards I have. That's good because so, you need to cut through. And the sound guys always, every gig I swear to God, he's like, you turn your top keyboard down. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no. <laughs> I have this one, this one rock lead I made on there, dude. And it's, it's one of my favorite sounds ever. It's a it's a sync it's a sync lead. Of so course. I'm thinking the oscillators together. Yeah, you have so to. So I'm able to I'm able to sweep that and the cutoff of the filter, you know, and do long portamento slides up to the top notes for build ups and stuff. It's, and it's, it's got the whole poly it's got the whole polymod section like the uh, like the normal yeah. Prophet five does, so it does some crazy noises. Oh yeah. You can I yeah. When I get when I feel like getting wild like I can come up with some really, really. Dude, what do you really mean when you feel like getting wild? You've been wild since the moment the moment I met you. <laughs> right on your. You you are you are right. Now the reason why we ask about these questions is because uh, we talk to a lot of musicians, a lot of closet metalheads, a lot of people stuck in their home, a lot of people going stir crazy and and got cabin fever, and uh, and and it's good to see that uh, something good has come out of this downtime that we've had. Because, I mean, I, I haven't done a show in a year, 
you know, and I did, yeah. I did live sound for a living. I mean, it's, uh, it's been rough, right? So we all kind of like had to find our way into something better and something that we, we could reach out and still contact people because mm-hmm. our whole lives are based yeah. around a huge number of fans and people around us. Exactly. We make our living off people being drunk around us all the time. And all of a sudden that was stripped away from us. Literally (laughs) musician and and this kind of entertainment is we thrive on the social culture. That's what it is. That's the whole game. All social culture. Go up there and rock every night in front of a crowd. Exactly. And and you get, you get paid to, to, to be your own best friend and it's a great way to live. But all of a sudden we were just torn from the womb as it were, and thrown to the wolves, wolves in the throne room. <laughs> and then, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then uh, it's cool to hear people because a lot of people have been going back to their old stuff. A lot of guys been uh, uh, recording punk records with just themselves. Um, a lot of, a lot right. of these weird uh, black metal bands playing yeah, yeah. crazy music in their mom's basement. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I, And then getting it out there on the internet and finding a following and getting people to be into it. We found all kinds of these crazy metal bands all over the world that are doing this because they got no other outlet. Otherwise they'd yeah. be wasting their time schlepping their gear in a $1,500 car, $5,000 worth of guitar amps to make 50 bucks a gig. Yeah. That's the definition of but a musician. Also the, also the current, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then go there yeah. and drive, drive three hours and a hundred dollars in gas to make 50 bucks and yep. have the time of their life. And now, and now that they aren't, you know, bogged down with the, the grind of having to make a living playing shows, all of a sudden they had to find a new outlet. And, and it's, I think it, it's something that's going to stick with people for now on. And, and it's a good thing. Well, yeah. And it forced everybody to kind of like musicians to adapt and, and up their, their game in the, in like figuring out, you know, a, a lot of people, you know, well, there's a whole I world out there, man. And you know, and, yeah, if you're, well, and if you're stuck in your, your little town playing your shit gigs at the shit bars, you hope you might make it one day. But exactly. But now we've learned to self-promote. Right, self-promote and like up the audio game too. Like yeah, now up the audio game. Like, oh, well, I can just get I can get an interface, and I don't just need to put my phone in the same room. You know, like I can get a straight direct feed. People are getting more creative with that, and like you said, like like me personally, I got really introspective, and I'm like, what do I want to do? You know, because I was so <laughs> tied in, like what, like to the the daily grind of gigging local gigs you know i mean dude when you're out touring with mark farner and then the next and then and then here you come a couple months later and you're locked down in the woods you're either going to shoot yourself or you're going to make something happen and that's you know we're glad you picked the latter my friend glad you picked the latter. yeah no i was doing all that yeah i mean i i know i get it i know what you mean you know it's it's uh and then the other factor Ooh. is this, man. Who knows how many of those little shit bars are actually going to be open anymore? That's the well, sad part. I didn't part. realize how much I like to always be on the move, man. Like, I, I like traveling around and playing gigs in other towns with other bands, you know, going and seeing the scenes, you know, and just having that fun time. Yeah, and, like, God, I woke up, and it's just like I woke up, and I'm like, wow, okay. Like, what what can I do now? Like, it's, like you said, it's forcing forced me to be creative. I think outside the box a little bit, for sure. All right, you so know, we're gonna what th- do I want? We're gonna throw a couple. Throw of, go, ahead, go ahead. Well, hang on a second, man. What's that? Let's learn a little more about Jimmy. Like, you know, we talked about John Lord a little bit earlier. Who are some more of your influences as far as playing music goes? Who would you really want to emulate or really looked up to, learning your craft? Who do I? So man, so many people. Oh my god. Who's your big heavy I, hitters? I, 
because I grew up I grew up on like a lot of different musical tastes. So, do you want me to pick like a genre or just throw out five right? top well, you know they, players? Uh, they have players, I think we're talking about. Yeah, like like keyboardists. Sure. Yeah. Whoever whoever. Well, definitely like a lot of people say that I have like the Herbie Hancock vibe. I was gonna say Herbie for sure. Yeah, no doubt. I definitely like. You know, I don't try to emulate him, but it, you can tell that I listen to the shit out of Headhunters. Oh, dude, come on, people. You know? And then I listen to, you know, <laughs> I grew up listening to a lot of jazz. And my favorite jazz, one of my favorite, my, my top two, although I hate to, like, say favorites because there's so many amazing Go ahead, say favorites. Lessons. Go ahead. It's okay. So, like, Errol Garner uh, and Art, uh, well, Art, my grandma and grandpa listened to Art Tatum all the time. Sure. Um, but uh, Errol Garner and then um, Ahmad uh, Ahmad Jamal mm-hmm. and Ahmad was way ahead of his time, and so was Errol Garner. They they were kind of interjecting some rock and roll vibes into like especially Errol Garner. Like he did some did some far out stuff. So those guys are definitely on the top of my list for like jazz. Um, I've always been. Uh, really into guitar, like guitar too. And I play guitar, but it's not my main instrument. Uh, but I've always looked up to guitar gods too. And so obviously Jimi Hendrix, you know. Right. He's he's always been a huge, like ever since I feel like I first heard his music, I, I always felt connected to it. And I didn't even really, like I was really young, probably like, I think when my next door neighbor's older brother played Jimi Hendrix for me, I think, I think I was like eight or nine. And I think we even did it a Ouija board and we tried to call on Jimi Hendrix. Jimmy answered the answer. Yeah. And well, he did. And I don't know if I, to this day, I don't know if his older brother was fucking with us or like it was for real, <laughs> but it was awesome. And so I guess we were already on to that, but, uh, but then I, you know, then my stepmom had this Led Zeppelin album CD laying around and I started playing that and listening to it. But I'd already like knew I liked Jimi Hendrix, but I didn't really like, I liked Led Zeppelin when I first heard it, but I didn't quite under, like I didn't view it in the same light or hear it the same as I do when I'm older. It's like when you eat, like, like when a kid eats broccoli, doesn't like it when they're six, but then likes it when they're older. Sure. Led Zeppelin was kind of like that for me. And then I, they ended up becoming like my favorite band for, you know, I guess I'm just speaking in times of like when you go through music, when you go through phases, you know, and you'll listen to like one thing really deep. Um, so I got really like Led Zeppelin is definitely way up there too. Um, yeah. But but yeah, but Hendrix, you know, Eddie Van Halen, he the way he plays guitar is amazing. It's like he's able to play rhythm and lead at the same time. You know that and and he was a piano player before he was a guitar. Well, you know, up along there mm-hmm. those lines. And so I really, I've always like really loved the percussive aspect about music. Like, and I think that's why I, cause I was originally like a drummer and a, a drummer piano player. And I went to Interlogging for drums, uh, for percussion for, for like to a arts high school for a couple of years. Cool. And I actually a percussionist because I couldn't read piano well enough to get in because they wanted like classical sight readers. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's when I really started getting into metal though. It was like right, right, right mid high school. I, I got really deep into like death metal, trash metal. I was in a couple metal bands as a drummer doing double kick stuff. 
And uh, yeah, that's when I really started uh, digging deep into metal and going on these archive websites where they like list any any known bands, you know. And I just go through it was like spinning a wheel and then you know pressing so, stop. So hold on a second, good. man. You just mentioned death metal. <laughs> <laughs> Who are some of your favorite death metal bands? Who are you sure okay, you- well, I mean, if you can if you consider Children of Bodom death metal, sure. But, um. Children of Bodom was a big one, and I got to see, and they have a shredding keyboardist, and he was a big idol of mine. Like, as soon as I figured out that I could, uh, my buddy, Bel- Billy, do you guys know who Billy Strings is? Yeah. Yeah, he's a good buddy of mine. He he uh, grew up in, Tra- well, he didn't grow up, in- he, was, he he spent a lot of time in Traverse City, and uh, we got to hang out, we'd go, we'd go hang out on the beach, and, you know, our friend circles, we had the same friend circles, but where, where am I going with this? He, we jam all the time, and he, he, he'd see me do the pitch bender, you know, on synth. Yeah. And really do rock leads. And he'd be like, Jimmy, you're the best damn key wheeler on this, and on this planet. He called me the, the, the best. Billy Strings said I'm the best key wheeler. <laughs> what a claim to fame. And so um, that kind of, he kind of turned me on to bluegrass a little bit. Like I didn't really listen to it very much. Um, but he's so passionate about music in general. And, and playing that freaking guitar, playing the hell out of it. But uh, anyways, going back around, um, so uh, Jan Warman is a keyboardist from uh, is a keyboardist from Children Bodum, and uh, and then Jordan Rudess was the keyboard is a god. I keep saying was is uh, of Dream Theater, you know. Yep. Yeah. And so I started listening to metal bands that had keyboardists that were taking that lead guitar role or given the spotlight on it. And it was like a whole new dimension of keyboards for me because I'm like, well, I can kind of get that that lead approach because a lot of keyboarders kind of, you know, sometimes the keyboardist spot in a band is the guy who's playing pads in the background. Sure. And, and then sometimes you can't even hear him, you know. And so for me to be able to have that that lead, that be able to do the lead on it was really like something that I was turned on to. And so I got to go to the Unholy Alliance tour in Detroit. I think when I was 16 and we saw Lamb of God, they were a, a favorite of mine. Uh, Lamb of God, Dionysus Bleed, Mastodon, Slayer, Clothes, uh, and Children of Bodom. Uh, and I don't think Megadeth was there, but Megadeth is one of my faves too. You guys are making me want to go throw on some metal right now. No, that's what we do. That's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> that's our goal, man. We're making American like, metal I'm again. Like reconnecting all these pathways of all this stuff, and I now I'm, I've just realized I miss Megadeth. A you lot. know what's cool when well, you Mastodon. go back? Who doesn't miss Mastodon? You, you go back to listen to metal. You listen to a while. You're like, man, you really get into it again. It's great. Isn't Mastodon dude, from I Atlanta? To, Mastodon I, is I, from Atlanta, I think. Right? No, dude. Like they had these creep. I grew Virginia. up in the country a little bit, like in my, uh, in you know my. Uh, early high school years and like when we were starting to get really in the lamb of God, you know, it was like kind of creepy countryside and in the fall, everything's dying. The tree, the no leaves on the trees. Yes. And it's cold and foggy. Feeble screams from forests like unknown. Weird, creepy, the weird, creepy graveyards in the middle of nowhere with like moss growing on them. And then you've got, we're rolling through in the middle of the night past these graveyards, like, you know, you know, probably, you know, doing, getting into trouble, not, not getting into trouble, but you know, being, being, being teenagers i like to have fun and basically yeah blasting lamb of god and death metal and it just kind of fit that vibe you know <laughs> just like, and like you said Ma- mastodon what an awesome band mastodon and you're right you're from atlanta georgia you're correct 
I mean, how good is Mastodon? Even then, like, they're more progressive metal to me now. They have new record coming out. Still got new yeah, records Mastodon's coming out, man. Shit. Yeah, they 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 killed it at that show. I mean, wow. it's hard to it's hard to beat Slayer out. Slayer's just a monster, you know. They came out and they they rocked the house. I'm like, <laughs> these guys are still at it and kicking ass. Dude, that drummer, my God, he's a machine. Dave Lombardo. Hell yeah. Jeepers. Yeah. Yeah, and they. They brought it too. I mean, they really brought a show, man. Yeah, they've taken the I prisoners. Was, I was impressed, but I never doubted them for a second. I was just like, hell fucking yeah. <laughs> I love yeah, that. I mean, don't it's doubt Slayer. Just don't do it. And I tell people some of the <laughs> best worry, drummer, some of the best Slayer. drummers in the world are in death metal. They are. Some, some of the, the best, best drummers in the world, like Misery Index and bands like that, you, they'll blow your mind oh, away. Man, we got a we, we're doing yeah, a show tonight cool. called Mathcore. We're doing Mathcore tonight. These drummers with man. Uh, Dillinger Escape Plan and many others. Yeah, well, there's there's this other my my buddy got me into uh, like similar to math like math metal like what you're talking about. Yeah, um, but you know like animals as leaders. Yeah, yeah. And then there's another band that uh, another guy who like he's he's all he's all DIY uh, independent artist. It's called Cloud Kicker. Yeah, and it's instrumental metal. And I've never heard somebody put together such heavy moshy distorted music, but it's so smooth you can almost like you can either rock out to it. You can drive and groove to it, or you could even sleep to it. It's really cool. So that's when I started getting into like what you're saying. Like some of the drummers like that, man. Oh my god! Like there's so many different time signatures, and they're doing so many different polyrhythms and still yeah. keeping it going. Yeah, and people like always uh, say, "Oh, whatever," because it sounds like noise to people if they yeah, don't know what you, it is. If you want to check them out, how they do it live, look at Sick Drummer doc, Sick Drummer on uh, YouTube. Sick Drummer, you see all these guys playing. As live business, live as it happens, it's pretty serious. And it'll blow your mind, man. <laughs> people, heavy metal has never never been a joke, man. Yeah. People know they they learn their chops and and they know and and a lot of metal bands do take from jazz and vice versa. You know, you can't not. I mean, you cannot. <clears throat> yeah. So I mean, like this band, uh, Pomegranate Tigers, like that. Yep. Their their drummer was their guitar player, and then he became the drummer. They hired another guitar yeah. player. And this well, guy, the metal man, band. The metal. I was in a metal band in high school called Hell Yeah. And, uh, hell yeah. And, uh, no, not hell yeah. That's a famous, wait, no. That's, that's no, a famous no. band. <laughs> that, no, that's huge. No, 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 Oh my God. That was a Freudian flip. Um, uh, it was, it was so be it was the name of the band I was in. And the, the guitar player was like younger than all of us. I was already pretty young, but he was like really young. Like his mom had to drop him off and pick him up. And he was like, <laughs> a pro he was a prodigy though. And he was a guitarist. But anytime I'd get up from the drum set, he'd sit down and do blast beats way faster than I can do them. And when I left the band, he immediately became the drummer, and he got you know he he got even more insanely good as time went on. So that plays into what you're saying is like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Occasionally, there's those people. I mean, even when, <laughs> even when Mike Porter and I left Dream Theater, Dream Theater went and got a bunch of uh, death metal drummers to try out for them. Before they settled on Mike Mangini as their new drummer. Well, who else is going to be able to do it? I mean, it's Dream Theater, right? You got to pick somebody yeah. that's a badass. You, you can't have just pick. Like Dream Theater is no yeah, joke. Yeah. You can't get you can't yeah, get some guy that plays play. acid jazz. You got to get some guy that can well, play. Think about this. Think about. I mean, you know, going back to Bonham. You know, he was like he was way into Buddy Rich and stuff like that. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. And then you you got those roots. It's like then then you you know man, I don't even know Bonham. He's something else, but he uh, you can tell though that groove, man. <laughs> There's a so, lot of groove in metal. So one thing about your playing, I notice, and I and tell me if I'm wrong, but I heard a little Joe Zawinu in there. 
a little a little chick Korea, a little bit of like the oh, yeah. a little bit of I got uh, to see chick. Uh, I got to see him a couple years, two years ago. He came through. Uh, he came through Interlock and Arts Academy, and that's uh, they've got a nice. Uh, they've got several venues there, and somebody had like hit me up and we're like, Chick Corea is playing tonight. You 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 gotta you have to go. And last minute, I somehow like I I, I got in, but and I uh, don't know. I think there was like there was a middle of the concert. It was, it was he was already going, and I didn't want to disrupt. You know, like when you're in like a kind of a classy uh, venue, like you don't want to be the guy in the middle, like walking in front of everybody yeah right. so i so i went up to the top like the balcony and i just i i just you know leaned against it and just like took that in man they were and it was it was a lot of the the, the i think it was the original return to forever guy yeah return to forever man and, and they were smoking dude <laughs> ridiculous it was almost like they were doing like mass metal stuff in jazz that's what i'm trying to say <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. yeah it's like that guy it's got that same kind of like just the totally like quiet upper body about those drummers doing all those time signatures is what blows me away. Like, how could you be so calm and be making this much noise? You know what I mean? And with a lot of the math rock too, it's like it, it first, if you don't know what it is, it sounds crazy. But when you start to break it down, like to the 16th note, you're like here, really interesting, deep musical thoughts going on. Like this isn't just your average, like pot smoking metal band. These guys oh, are seriously sure. into it. Like seriously into it, and to the outsider, if you just hear it at coming, you know, just randomly heard it, you might be like, "Wow, what's this? This sounds like noise," but it's actually oh, it's actually actually some like, of the most intricate music played at ha it just blistering tempos. Oh, for sure, it's, it blows your mind. It really is. I mean, it's very it's, it's intellectual, and and uh, there's a lot of a lot of um, energy, mental and physical, that goes into that. Maybe that's why they always oh. sing about like J.R. Token and stuff like that. You know what I mean? They're always I like, don't know they sing about that. Dungeons love, and Dragons. I love, <laughs> I love, I love uh, you know, I always love drumming. So, you know, doing the double kick stuff was really fun. Um, and I'm, I'm into that. Even like when we, we jammed for like after the show last night, my buddy, uh, the Scott Pelegram uh, trio is really dope. He's an insane drummer and his percussionist is a really good drummer. Uh, we all just took t turns like getting on different instruments last night and all day today. And I, I did this really high speed kind of funk rock thing with, with his percussionist on drum set. And he was doing what you got, what we're talking about right now. Like I keep this meter going and he would just like, he was just running in circles and doing amazing stuff and never lost one, you know? Oh, just the never beauty lost of rock and roll. The beauty of rock and roll, my friend. And we were just like, smoking dude and, and i would just keep that tempo going and you know and every time it's crazy we'd end up back on one we just go oh <laughs> it was so dope but yeah anyway so yeah yeah dude so we're gonna get Rhythm your opinion is, in one one question we've got got a couple questions for you ah, like one or maybe one or two but yeah since, you, since you like guitar playing so much we're gonna we're gonna talk about you know i do you, i love you, you gotta you gotta choose music. one or the other a student, student versus teacher. We can play some metal later too. You got to, you know, and listen to Mathcore, and you got to try to keep along with it tonight. <laughs> okay, um, well, yeah, I was just playing my old metal songs that I wrote on guitar before you guys called me. Nice. <laughs> so here's one yeah. for you: student versus teacher, Steve Vai or Joe Satriani. Which one do you prefer? 
student versus teacher. Like, what teacher would I rather have? No. Steve Vai Wait, is a, was a student of Joe Satriani. Who do you prefer, the teacher or the student? Oh. Just which guitar player do I prefer? You got it. Yep. <laughs> now, is this a biased question, or, or, or do I just need to say who's my favorite in general? Just say it. <laughs> Damn. That's a tough one. Yeah, a lot of people get stumped on this one. I think Steve Vai was one of the only people who ever played the national anthem again at a fo- at a football game. That's what I think about that video of him playing the national anthem. Mm-hmm. All right, let me see here. Uh, you got me stumped. I'm so sorry. Here, hold on. Should I flip a coin? <laughs> nice, flip a coin. Well, you could pick flip both. Some people pick both. Well, were you actually serious though? Did you you say you said that Joe or uh, Joe Satriani was a student of Steve Vai? No, Satriani taught Steve Vai. He was with him. Steve Vai was his student. You know that, right? Oh, okay. Yep. Wow. Joe also taught Kirk Hammond from Metallica too. So don't just act like I know what I'm talking about, right? Yep. So, so remember 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 I really like Steve I like Steve Vai because and I'm more like I've listened to I listen to the both of them a lot though they're both Steve, really well, Steve Vai has Frank Zappa right Diamond they're Dave. both amazing though Diamond it's Dave. hard to say yeah but, but, it, but he also say, I mean who took on Ralph Macchio Steve Vai <laughs> was that Ralph they Vai? do both have that like really progressive um like fusion stuff you know yep. they both sure. have that that blending, blurring the lines and, and pushing, you know, pushing the kind of the limits of what you can do. Um, sort of, sort of, you know, I mean, we aren't saying John McLaughlin. Right. You, you know what I, mean? what I like? I really like John McLaughlin's style. I love him. Okay. My, I had a buddy one time who said, yeah, I think he's just, he's just too like, too in your face and like, just like too asshole-ish. And I was just like, what? I'm like, dude, it fucking sounds amazing. Like, I fucking love his style. I, I was. I just told my buddy, I'm like, man, I don't know how you don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Oh, hey, you know Guthrie Govan? Not off the top of my head. Check him out. That's one Guthrie for... Govan. Write that man, down, he... people. Write it down, exactly. Guthrie Govan, he's, uh, he's really, he's one of my favorite guitar players for sure. When I saw him, like, what, he was, is he able to pull off on guitar? Oh, I'm like, oh my god! And he he has the he inspired me to get this this guitar set up where you it's a it's a pre it's a pre fine tuner Floyd Rose mm-hmm. from Olo System. Sure. So it's before before the dovetail was invented. Sure. So it locks at the nut, but it doesn't lock. It doesn't. Um, there's no fine tuners at right. the bridge. Right. So so the the that was before. Floyd Rose, you know, before the invention progressed to the point of, you know, oh, we can put fine tuners on here, so if it goes slightly out of tune, we can just tune it real quick. You lock it in, and it, you know, if you're playing live and something goes out of whack, then it's really hard because you got to get the Allen wrench out, and then you got to like nail it perfectly. But then even when you screw in the the bolt on the nut, then it that it makes some notes sharp. So it was just really hard to use. Well, what Guthrie did is put locking tuners right and took the the locking nut piece off and probably got maybe, maybe he got a different nut 
you know, like a lubricated nut or whatever. And basically he, his setup is so sweet because once you do that and you set your guitar up, right. It basically like, you don't go out of, it, you can still die bomb and do all kinds of crazy stuff. Nice. I believe that's Adrian Blue's technique as well. Adrian Blue, yeah. Yeah, and you, you don't have to deal with the pain of like the fine, the whole fine tuner system, and it's way more comfortable on your wrist for like palm muting and stuff. It doesn't get in the way of your arm. And so I finally did that with my guitar, and but I wouldn't stay in tune. So I did one of those. Uh, I put a wood block, so I can't die bomb. I can't pull up. I can just die bomb down, and then. When I let go of the whammy bar, it just slapped on that wood block. <laughs> so, so basically, proved to myself that yeah, you can do that with that setup that 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 Guthrie Govan did. And he's kind of got a video where he talks about it. But, anyways, I went off on a tangent there. But that guy, that guy's dope. Definitely write him down. Tangents are fully welcome. Yeah, especially on this show. <laughs> okay, good. Because that's, that's so. Let's let's end the show on, on another little question before okay. we go away. All right. Talked about drummers earlier. So let's talk about John Bonham or Neil Peart. Ooh, that's a tough one. Which one? <laughs> We're I feel them. like you're doing you're, you're picking <laughs> these tough ones on purpose. We always do. Yeah, I I don't feel so bad anymore. This is this is not this is not easy. We know this. Okay. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm kind of biased because I'm like. I yeah. I really do love Neil Peart and I love Rush, but I'm gonna go with Bonzo. Nice. Oh, not a bad choice at all. I mean, Bonzo. picking the Bonzo. But, but you that's gotta, because you, go ahead. I sat and practiced the Bonham Shuffle probably longer than at least in the recent, you know, recent the last ten years of my life especially five years ago, that was like just trying to perfect the feel of that. The way that the hi-hat opens and smacks shut and yeah. the ghost notes on the snare, dude. Yeah. That beat is so ridiculously fun and I usually can't really, I can't hold it perfect for longer than, you know, uh, eventually something flips. And well, so it's, that's a good one. I think oh, we, yeah. I'm going to go with John Bonham just because represent, you know. Yeah, I, th I think we could say that there's there's two types of drummers in the world. There's the melodic drummers, and there's the drummers that play with the in full meter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And there's like that. Yeah, there's the ones that keep time and 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 play emotionally and don't worry so much about the time, and have right the, have that swing that. and that swagger. You know what I mean? Right when you said that. Uh, um, what what rush song is popping up into my head? Red Barchetta. Yeah. Uh, Spirit of the radio. Spirit of the radio. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You're like you said, melodic toms for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like when the drummer is like it's almost leading the band with a, with a complimentary melody. Well, I mean, like if you look at Ginger Baker. Yeah. The, the famous. Yeah, post sounds like he's falling down the stairs sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it works. Yeah, I do. Ginger Baker is actually, his beats were some of the first I learned on, on drum set. Really? Yeah. Or not. Nice. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be? Yeah. Why wouldn't it be? Him and Led Zeppelin and John Bonham. Yeah. Uh, it was like the rock and roll cookbook or something like that. And it had two measures of like every awesome rock and roll song. And that is a dope drum book. If anybody wants a good drum book and they can still find that one, 
It was like something Amazon. like it was some. It's some maybe Google search like two measures, you know, uh, rock beat book. It's probably um, somewhere it, in a PDF format somewhere. I mean, know. talk about a cheat sheet though, man. That was awesome. I mean, any song you wanted, you know, because if you're a drummer and you know the song really well, mm-hmm. it's almost like having a flashcard, you know. Sure. Then you're like, right, this is the this is the main beat that I remember all the changes. Mm-hmm. It, it's really cool. But yeah, no, John Bonham for sure. He's rock. He's like rock solid. Yes. You know, he's a rock solid drummer with an amazing, you know, with a one of a kind feel and pocket. Yeah, you know, we have to agree. Yeah, I mean, we love Neil too, but uh, they've all they're both spectacular in their own rights. Neil's you know? his own animal. He's his own animal. And that's what I love about musicians in general. Everybody's got their own thing, you know, and that's yep. if everybody was the same, it would be boring, right? Yeah, it'd be boring. Yeah, and the other cool thing about musicians is that it doesn't matter how ugly you are. That's right. You can still. <laughs> You could still be world famous. Look at Lemmy. <laughs> that is with his so, shunts. With his shunts. <laughs> I uh, when I lived in Holly, I lived in Hollywood and for a year, and I used to go to the Rainbow Club around the same time when he when he lived upstairs above there. Really? And, yeah, so I'd always hear about people running into him and seeing him. Yeah, I ran into um, him a few times. Yep. Unfortunately, I never got. I never ran, uh, ran into him, but. But just knowing that he lived upstairs while we're downstairs drinking, it was, it was cool. It was I got cool the chance vibe. to I got the chance to mix monitors for the band a couple times, and uh, cool. There's some I have some Lemmy stories for sure. There's no doubt about that. Yep, absolutely, man. Till four or five in the morning. Nice. Me, me Trace, and Jack Daniels. Yeah. Hard boiled eggs. Fist fights. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Limousines all the way to Vegas. It's rock and roll, buddy. It's rock and roll. <laughs> He crawled in a he crawled in a town car at like five AM and he said, oh, I'm going to Vegas and the town car driver's like, Okay, and we're in like in LA and he said, yeah. start driving all the way to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, it's like a four I I've done that drive. I had to go pick my buddies up there. And uh it was like what, four and a half hours or something like that? Something. Four hours. Oh, yeah. We call it the six that hour triangle. Not, that's not a that's not a short cab ride, that's for sure. All right, so Jimmy, we're really happy to have you on the old guys talk metal and sometimes punk podcast. Thanks for being here. We'll have you back so in the welcome. future. So people, Thanks for is, having me. Is Jimmy fucking Olsen? Yeah. He doesn't go to the Daily Planet, so stop that shit. Find him on Facebook, <laughs> people. Jimmy fucking Olsen. Find him on Facebook. Check him out. <laughs> Catch one of his live streams. Are you still yeah. in, are you still in the little house, or you're not in a little house anymore? <laughs> not a little one, but I'm still in the same house where I was doing the live streams, and I'm playing in a lot of bands right now. I'm playing in a rock band called uh, The Marsupials. Check out the marsupials. Dumb, dumb marsupials. There you go. The marsupials. The marsupials. Okay. We've got, yep. And we've got a website, themarsupials.com. Uh, we've got stuff on YouTube, uh, iTunes, uh, Bandcamp, and we've got vinyls now for sale on our website. Well, I'll and tell you what. Send, send us the song. Email us the songs at oldguystalkmetal at gmail.com, and we'll play them on our radio show. Absolutely. All right. I will do no that. it be sure. fun. Awesome. So no, I got a lot of projects, you know. I know you. I know we're wrapping up, but I, I got a whole bunch of other stuff I could go tell ahead. You guys about. Tell us about it right now's now. your chance. Now's your chance. <laughs> well, so I'm in another. So I'm in. I've been in a, a, a funk band for a long time called Medicinal Groove. It was formed in 2012. Okay. Cool. Medicinal Groove. Awesome. Right. Medicinal Groove. We've got material on the internet. Medicinalgroove.com. Um, check that out. We're, we're not playing live a lot right now, but we are. We're still working on albums and putting them out there. Um, and so marsupials, medicinal groove, um, 
Uh, and then I have a, another project that uh, we haven't, we played for the first time at Union Street Station last weekend, two nights in a row, uh, three hours set or three hours each night. And at half capacity, honestly, it wasn't that bad. We each walked out of there with just over a hundred dollars, which for a musician, that's kind of the musician minimum standard for playing a bar these days. And to have half capacity and walk out and the vibes were good. Um, everybody had fun, but that band that I'm talking about, uh, is called Wax, just like a candle, but just straight up Wax. Wax. And Bauer Jones is on guitar. He shreds. And we are like, we're like original rock and roll, but we're funky. And I'm on keyboard. He's on guitar, drummer, bass, uh, Funky Joe on bass, and Skyler on drums. And the cool thing about that band is how raw it is. Like, we haven't really got together a lot in the last year, but that show, like, we had our covers. We did Floyd. We did Frankenstein. Nice. So I got to set the synth on that. Um, but what we do is we'll take the covers, but we'll jam them for, like, 10 minutes and just jam harder and harder and harder. And so, and I'm kind of like the lead vocalist in that, too, so I'll step away from my keyboard and kind of get out front with the microphone and hold it. Um so that's fun. That's wax. We don't have an album out yet, but we do have some original material and we are planning on uh, uh, getting some stuff out there soon. So wax. And then Ur- the Urban Surgeon, which is a really rarity band. That's another side project of various. Well, it's basically the drummer of the marsupials and the guitar player, uh, frontman uh, and leader of the marsupials. Uh, Ty Drury, he's also my roommate. Um, he switches to bass. He's a killer bass player too. He switches to bass guitar. Alex still plays the drums, and I play keyboards. And it's 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 um, acid jazz like rock metal. Acid jazz all, rock and, metal. And it's, it's like acid jazz. It's like acid jazz. Acid jazz. Improvisational acid jazz rock. Was that so the like, band you were playing with at the tavern? No. I may have seen something on Facebook about Wait, that. The tavern. If I can find, I have a really, really like, I have some little clip that somebody sent me on Facebook. And if I can track that down, I'll, I'll send that your way too. But that band's really fun because we, the whole point of that, the rule is no rehearsal before our show. And we only perform like once or twice a year. We go into it with no plan and <laughs> we go off a of complete spontaneous combustion and we'll start out with the smoothest funkiest thing and we'll take that song to like literally jamming our and like i'm playing my keyboard so hard that my fingers hurt you know and so that you know to play back into the rock and roll and the metal that's fun that's a fun side project the urban surgeon and that's like that band is fun yeah hey, no can, rehearsal can you do me a favor and make a death yeah. metal band <laughs> sure just for you. <laughs> okay, cool. We'll fly out and see you guys. I'm from Chicago, so it's not that far away. <laughs> Head on up. We're gonna need to make a, twi- a, tris- a trip up there. Then I can do that, and I'll sing like uh, some crazy, like half rock, half operatic, like like some crazy. Kind of like King gonna... Diamond, or <laughs> yeah, kind of like or the dark. You know, not quite like the darkness, but like I love the darkness. You know, but like. You know, I probably don't want to do the screaming, screaming thing, but I'll, I could like we could it could be really heavy and really haunting death metal, but like with this, like kind of juxtapose or whatever you say, yeah, um, uh, style of singing. That's a good idea. I used to be really into Kill Switch Engage as well. Yeah, too. I Kill Switch that. or something like Cradle of Filth. Something really weird. Oh yeah, 
I had, I had, yeah, I bought a uh, uh, three Cradle of Filth albums. Yeah, Danny Filth. That guy could sing crazy. <laughs> well, why wouldn't you if your name is Danny Filth? <laughs> You'd have to be crazy. And then my buddies, my my buddy in town here is cousins in Guar. I think. Um, yeah, right. He's been to a lot of Guar shows, and he's told me a lot of a lot of uh, stuff about all that. Yeah, I've done many and, shows for Guar. Yep, you have to wrap the whole stage in Visqueen. Yeah, because of the blood, <laughs> the blood and semen cannons. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> nice. That's a whole new level right there, dude. Don't take acid and go to that show unless you're well rehearsed in acid taking. So I was in another <laughs> band called Not Quite Canada because we we're so close to Canada up there. In yeah, yeah. And not, uh, quite not Quite Canada, you know. And uh, <laughs> basically, uh, that band, we we kind of took a break on it, but that's like it's like jam band, but electronic. But we also get really heavy and we play rock and roll cover tunes too, classic rock. We we play Rush Working Man. Love playing that one with them and go right into Black Sabbath. Nice. That was good. Um, so, anyways, we're we're not playing as a full group right now, but uh, part of the reason I go up to Marquette still is um, uh, my lady and uh, is is living up there right now, and my my best friend and also leader of Not Quite Canada, really great guy Josh Carlson, uh, bass player, guitar player, acoustic guitar player, um, well, big, big, mainly bass player, but he plays several instruments, but and he's he's got a great voice. We. Basically, you know, playing back into how we were saying we're getting creative with this whole quarantine thing because mm-hmm. we weren't allowed to play live shows out. So we did some, I did some live streams with him and he, he got a MIDI guitar and so he's playing synthesizer on a guitar and I'm playing my beat machine and uh, we're dressing up in all kinds of crazy clothing. And that made me, th- you know, when we're talking about Guar, that made me think about that, <laughs> you know. So he puts on a big panda head and I put on a... Um, oh yeah, I've seen uh, that. I've seen that on Facebook. I put on um um Mike um uh, Manson uh what do you call it uh, or like Mike Myers ma- mask or something Charlie Manson or yeah Mike Myers mask or something like that um no which one is it? it's a rubber mask not the hockey mask um it's Michael Myers um yeah, yeah not the yeah not the hockey mask one the other like full rubber mask but white white you know all white yeah. um. But anyways, you wear the pipe man ahead and I wear that and, uh, and we do this really weird just experimental electronic stuff and some of that gets pretty heavy. It's definitely not metal, but but uh, yeah, so that wraps up about what I'm doing right now and I'm I'm working on a ton of my own stuff. Um, I've been uh, Kenny's been stepping in and co-producing with me uh, and uh, on some of my new tunes that I am planning to release eventually, but they still need uh, I'm gonna bring my buddy in on saxophone and uh, uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna reach out to uh, see if we can add some background vocals. Um, so I'm doing that, and then I have two songs that I recorded on tape uh, five years ago at my buddy Dave's studio, tape studio here. And uh, so those songs are probably gonna be the, the two songs from five years ago. I'm probably gonna release those for relatively soon when they're done. When when I one of them are done, the minivan song, which is probably one of the best songs I think that I've wrote so far. That one, I'm going to take another stab at the vocals and see if I can beat the previous take I had. And um, those two are going to get released first. And the ones I'm currently, like, actually, like, that I've made in the last, I don't know, four months, those are probably, I'm not in a rush to get those out, you know. Uh, so I'm going to keep working on those ones. Well, you know, you always um, so got yeah. a home here. If you ever want to play some of your stuff on the radio, we'll do it. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait to send, I'll send you, I have one in particular that I'll, uh, that I'll, uh, 
send your way. Send it. We'll play it. Super so, great. That easy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, <laughs> it's uh, it definitely boogies hard in the end, but it's more um, it's got more of like this kind of. It's kind of got like this. Uh, oh God, it's more more like old school. It's got rock elements in it for sure, but it's kind of got this like almost like this cha cha Latin vibe. But then it's also got like it's also got elements of like Willie Nelson and Ray Charles in there too. Jeepers! Nice. All right, well, but Jimmy Olsen, we, we salute you. We're, we're gonna. Oh, I salute you! I salute you back. Thank man. you for being thanks, on the thanks, show. Thanks yep. for having me. I, I feel like I could talk to you guys all day. You will do it again. That's for sure. Okay. So thank you for once again for being the old guys talk about sometimes punk podcast. Yes, my thank you, my friend. <laughs> Jimmy Olsen, everybody, give it up. Come on now, give it up. Woo! Come on, the crowd goes wild. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk to you later, my friend. Take care. All right. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye now. Bye for now. <laughs>